Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we are joined today by Gordon Purcell. Gordon, how are you doing? I'm doing well. All Hope right. So we have you on to talk about an issue and a character that you greatly contributed to, which is Wonder Man Annual number two from 1993. Um, and you are um, the first creator on one of these books that we've talked to for this season of the podcast. So we've had other creators um, that we talked to, except the Barbie podcast, which, which oh, yeah. it was its own episode in Beast earlier this summer, um, where we had Barbara Slate and Anna Maria Cool on. Um, huh? But you are the first person who contributed to one of these annuals that we've been losing our minds over because there are 27 annuals and more than 30 first appearance characters, which is a lot of ground to cover. Um, and I'm excited that we get to talk to you about the creative process behind that. Um, so first, what are your initial memories of putting together Wonder Man Annual, number two? Mm. Uh, well, uh, it was fun because I had drawn issue 11 or 12 of Wonder Man, and they needed some fill-ins. And I really enjoyed it. That was my first Marvel job, I think. And so they assigned this to me fairly quickly after that. Um, although there is a Wonder Man Annual One, I don't, uh, I don't know when that came. <laughs> um, and it was kind of exciting because the writer actually asked me, "Is there anything you want to see in the issue?" And I said, "Beast," because he and Thing are my two favorite Marvel characters. So. They said, oh, he said, okay, he fits in really well. So uh, I got to draw Beast. And uh, I kind of like the characters. There's a little bit of comedy to them. Mm -hmm, so, yes. And so we uh, did it. And we, he said that we needed to make up a character. And I think he had the name Hitmaker. And we tied it to an earlier issue where they had uh, an android exoskeleton on the, the character. And so I just redesigned that a little bit and gave him a hip costume because he was supposed to be a TV show star. And it was fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, all the annuals that year came with a trading card, I believe. Yes, they did. With the first appearance of the characters. And I don't know how many of them became ongoing characters. I think some of the X-Men characters might have. But yeah, there there were a couple that stuck around. So uh, Legacy, who became Genusville, um, Executioner from uh, X Men, um, and Adam X, also from X Men, they yeah. came back with right. a few issues. Yeah, so, I think I think the X Men one because they have so many characters, kind of made, and they had a toy line all the time. So true, kind of makes more sense that they do well <laughs> as opposed to. <laughs> Wonder Man. Although with the TV series, time for Hitmaker to come back. Yeah, I mean, um, since you're a co-creator of Hitmaker, it, it wouldn't hurt for him to come back in the MCU for you at it all. It would be the only Marvel character I think I created or co-created. And Wonder Man is a fun title. Our listeners may not be as familiar with it because um it lasted, I think. 30 or so issues, if you're counting the annuals, um, in the early to mid-90s, 
And it gave Simon Williams something to do that wasn't directly Avengers related. So it really focused on his Hollywood career. And well, and there's some you... that they had that galactic storm thing. So there's some issues that tied into the rest of the books. But yeah, he was one of the West Coast Avengers for a while. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and he so and his friendship with B started off in the mainline Avengers in the 70s. So yeah. um, that was really when I first ran across him when I was doing my Avengers read-through is the 70s stuff. And it is Simon in his jacket and his big sunglasses and Beast. And they would, is basically a buddy comedy between the two of them, which yeah. you got to carry over into this issue. Yes. And then they did have, I think, a miniseries with the two of them teamed up sometime after this maybe eight years later or something like that yeah so they, until the beast recently i believe has turned evil so uh so they want yeah, to do that oh. yeah he's had a pretty big heel turn yeah he is uh he's up to doing what he thinks is best um and and it might be war crimes it might be war crimes maybe so, so it was, so it was off beast for a while Thing will have to just be my main Marvel character. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting reading this because it's like, oh, Beast is like this is back in Beast's good era of like doing good things and but, having. But he did Silver Sable. When he did Silver Sable, Sandman was in his good period, which Sandman was a good guy for many, many years, and then somebody wanted him back to be evil, and so he just dropped everything. Yeah, uh, sometimes we like we love a good redemption arc. So I I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I want to know about designing a new character. So I, it seems like an editorial thing where high up editorial like Tom DeFalco level was um, brainstorming with the other editors that our thing this for the annuals this year is creating a new character because we're in that boom period of comics where new characters were something that would bring people in. And you, as an artist, when Gerard contacted you and was like, we need a new character, I have the name Hitmaker, you said that you delved into some past issues of Wonder Man to sort of get the exoskeleton um, idea. But right. talk us and through that. I do have that, uh, the sketch. Actually, Fabian was the main uh, editor i didn't really deal with tom defalco okay so uh, fabian was the group editor and then he would have reported up to tom at that point probably yeah probably okay. uh here's here's the design i don't know how well you can see this oh here's yeah the design i did for it and i included the back of the jacket the exoskeleton it, they pretty much just approved it okay and nice. uh he was a hispanic character in the early 90s so he gave him more of that uh, john leguizamo feel to it oh yeah i can see that uh the only thing they did different is uh i said they had a pan painted band on his face i assumed they'd go red but they went yellow for some reason they did um they went with that red and yellow combination for the yeah. colors and uh they they explained him as young, half black, half Latin guy for South Central. Always played by the rules, and then he got hurt. Uh, then he went through the rampage tech 
that's pretty much what they gave okay. me. They also have the correspondence here. That is from DeFalco, just saying what the current plans for all the 93 annuals were. There'll all be 64 pages printed on newsprint, polybagged with a trading card featuring the new hero or villain and priced at $295. Each annual contained one content page, 54 pages of story material, one bulletins, eight pages of ads. Story pages can be cut and additional pages used for other house ads if they need to. This format is for all the annuals, no matter what the regular comics sold for. Very interesting. It's sort of in line with what I was thinking. Um, and it, do you have insight onto why some issues um, have pinups, some don't? Like, it's probably because the stories are shorter. And so and they so, took some of those pages as the, like a house ad or a pinup. Yeah, like our, ours had two backup stories because the story, well, to be frank, I, I think they told the story in 30 pages or whatever. So, uh, and I think he was trying to get work. Dan Slott wrote one of them and uh, mm -hmm. I remember Stephen Jones drew one. I think he was trying to generate work for his stable, would you call it? Yeah. Okay. Back then, uh, both Marvel and DC often would have kind of stables of creators they like to work with and uh, make sure they were busy and stuff like that. And, uh, and then they would sometimes lend me out to other editors. Sure. Uh, but uh, with Fabian, I know I did the Wonder Man, I did uh, Mad Dog, I did other things, and then I got lent out for Silver Sable and What If and a few other things. Night Thrasher. Mm. So uh, kind of because not every editor had you know twelve titles or something like that. Okay. Far out. Yeah. So why don't we dive into the issue and we get to see Hitmaker on the first page? The way it opened, I was like, oh, did I miss something? Yeah, because it jumps right into the action where um, he it's full on action. He's in a fight, and you're like, wait. Uh, but how? We don't know this person yet. Yeah, and we come to find out it's a movie set. Yes, which makes so much sense. And I think that Hitmaker makes a lot of good points. He's like, this is, yeah, there you go. Gordon, listening, is holding up the sketch for that first page. Which is a great look. Like, you get him in the iconic red and yellow. Yep. The power pose. Yeah, to be honest, I like him in his costume more than the armor, because the armor is just armor. Except I made sure it had H&M on it. Yes. Um, it is monogrammed for his name, so... I like that, I, that, that it's monogrammed on the shoulder pads, too. Like, in that very 90s, like, must-have big shoulders. Oh, yes. It was, very, it was very 90s. <laughs> it was before H&M fashion, too. <laughs> You should have. You should try to cash in on that actually, and be like H and M copyright infringement. <laughs> um, I think you have to prove this. They bought the annual. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Although the chapter was pretty good, I think we have it. We got a royalty check. Okay, oh, nice. So that that didn't always happen with those days. And because Hitmaker, his background is from he, the rougher part of town, he grew up around 
gangs and things like that. So he could criticize the producers and the director of what he's in to say, right. it, it's it not it? like this. Like you were going for like the multicultural cast where there's one person from multiple races all in the same gang. And this guy has a star painted on his face, which I think is hilarious because you look at the X line and like half star long shot yes you have cable that just has a star eye and and a mohawk yes because that's what all the kids are wearing yeah he's like all the college kids that are collecting vinyl records have mohawks these days like it's not subversive anymore (sighs) no no it was funny because he did uh reflect that uh and uh you know, in some ways, he would be a good character for that TV series because he is a mixed race and uh, he comments on what real Hollywood and fake Hollywood is. Kind of a, a good character, and you know. And yeah, and I'm interested to see what the Wonder Man TV series is because Wonder Man has been cast and it's an African American actor. So yeah. it, it's not white bread Simon Williams. It is. They're they're switching up who Wonder Man is in the MCU, which again I think that's pretty great. That um, why not? Like, there's no reason why really any of the characters, such as Simon Williams, needs to have a specific race. Like in the comics, he is Caucasian, but there's no reason why. There's no compelling reason. Right. Well, I so, think that's because uh, he was uh, somebody's brother, Grim Reaper's brother. So exactly. I think- Probably had to look a little like Grim Reaper. Yeah, and uh, Grim Reaper, not in the MCU, unfortunately. He's a good, creepy character, but... Oh, I know nothing about Grim Reaper. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have a handy as a scythe that is like six feet long. So yeah, he, was, he was in the Avengers pretty often. Yeah, he was. He was. issues or so. He's uh, a good he, guy. he even had a costume. No, he's a bad guy. Yep. Oh. With that name? <laughs> Yeah, well, Grim Reaper, and it's like a vibro blade. So it's not only a huge blade coming off of his hand like a scythe, but it's like electrified. Oh, so like he, sparks or like those meat knife carving like, knives, like a meat knife sort of thing. Oh. Yes, he. It's more like a meat carver than a sparky sort of electric. Okay, and his first costume was garish, but then they went to a black costume with skull and bones, which is kind of. Mm. So and that's more to do, yeah. That's fine. So I would be shocked if he's in the uh, TV show. That would kind of make sense. It would. But I don't know if they'll tie him to the vision anymore. It's kind of complex even then. It's very, yeah. Oh. Like Vision, Wonder Man, Grim Reaper, Hank Pym. It, all fun. Kind of- that's all linked together. I think the TV or the movies is uh, he, yeah, he's from Ultron, right? His yes. Thinking patterns were in the comics. His thinking patterns were from uh, Simon. Yes, so, because Wonder Man died. Oh, that's right. They and they had his brain pattern, then go into Vision. So then Vision was his sort of brother once he came back to life, which means that Scarlet Witch is sort of like his sister-in-law. Oh, it's very messy. The event, this is uh, like, if you think of the X titles and how complicated the Summers family is, it's basically that when it comes to Vision and Wonder Man and all that. It's serving a lot of noontime soap opera. Oh, yeah. Which sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Avengers was really fun to read because, uh, you know, Vision had this crush on Scarlet Witch and she had one on him. And, you know, it was a little bit of a soap opera. But in the Marvel fashion, it kind of would only be a page in an issue uh, or whatever so they can get back to the action. Now, modern comics, they'll devote 15 pages to that and have yeah. one, one short fist fight. It's, yes. <laughs> I think that's either what the writers are interested in or they think the fans want that. I would probably argue that many of the fans would like to see more action in mm. comedy days. Unless it's a comedy thing or a relationship comic or something like that. Right. Um, so in the middle of that shooting um, and the pause in it, we see Wonder Man come down. So the background of the movie and everything Hitmaker is like, this is silly. I'll make you a real hit. I'm going to take on Wonder Man. And like, apparently Wonder Man has been going through some things to be angry all the time to boost his power. And so they're using that public uh, impression of him as he's a loose cannon. He's gone mad. Hitmaker is going to take him out and use that battle to lift his own star mm -hmm. to the Hollywood Hall of Fame. And... Uh Hitmaker has gone so far as to have his own camera crew following him. This is reality TV before reality TV. Really. It's true. Um, He's trying to make an uh, empire like the Kardashians before the Kardashians. Yes. And I would argue that Hitmaker is more compelling than the Kardashians. Um, the, uh, I see the cameraman. I wrote down that he's wearing a last action hero uh, cap. He is. So that must be one of the movies that was out there. But yeah, because we went to Hollywood a little bit. And yeah, everyone's got tech crew jackets and caps and stuff. So I tried to reflect some of that. I remember I drew the Paramount Studios or something, and Warner Brothers Studios. Yes, the Paramount Gates you drew. Yeah, yeah just and to give it some flavor. Yeah. And some of it, like for the most part, this fight is going in Hitmaker's favor. Like Wonder Man misses him entirely and gets kicked in the face for his trouble. Mm. Um, there's two fun falls onto a roof or through a table. And finally, Wonder Man gets it together, yanks the outfit off and exposes the armor that you drew. And I should say on the panel with the cameraman with that hat, there's a in the camera lens, you can see Wonder Man looking surprised surprised and perplexed, which is a very nice touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he, uh, it dawned on him what was happening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once he heard the guy's voice. And uh, the fight is broken up because they get a grenade launched at them. With a big broom. Do you get to choose the onomatopoeia as the no. artist? I left a room for it. If they tell me what it is, I'll rough it in. Uh, I don't usually rough in the balloons because uh, this is a Marvel plot, Marvel style plot. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually get the dialogue. But if they do tell me, I usually rough in uh, the onomatopoeia because it takes up a lot of space and stuff like that. Yeah. The letterer will actually do that because the letterer is much more talented. <laughs> Although yeah. I, I did something called Gamma Rockers, and I believe I did a lot of that for that because it kind of called back to the 50s. And I thought that was real specific. So I 
pencil those in a lot. So the anchor or the letter just had to go over those. Mm. Okay. Daryl's favorite onomatopoeia is the Buddha 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 of gunfire. Yes. So I thought it was fun with the helicopter. It's a Wooda Wooda Wooda. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're good. And so, uh, Howard Chaikin had so many great sound effects in the uh, American flag. I think uh, a lot of people are influenced by that somewhat. Mm. Yeah, because some people have very specific onomatopoeias for them, like Wolverine has snicked, Nightcrawler has bamf. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how some of those things get attached to specific characters where it's a part of their character. It's a signature. Right. As much as their look, it is a sound effect that goes with their powers or something like that. That no one else can use. Yeah. And uh, because of this explosion, Wonder Man is like, no, like the, the people shooting us aren't even the police. It's a privately hired security force. I'm going to get this guy to safety. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but it's not going right. So, right. Um, and he's like, I'm taking him to the hospital. He needs medical attention. Bye. You can shoot at me, but you're also going to be shooting at him. Your choice. And then we get Beast coming in. Watching uh, the news coverage. Yeah, he's with Simon. They're hanging out. Beast is very good at balancing on the back of a chair. Uh, the core strength he has to have in order to do that while crouching on the back of a chair. And balancing. Oh, and, fitting, and fitting in the panels. True. Oh. Yeah. But, but a lot of times that's what we do. Is we would have him crouching or at the bottom or the top to fit in the panel so we get a fairly, uh, so you can see it. The idea is when you introduce a new character, you should show his whole body. I know that doesn't always happen in comics now, but back then we were kind of taught you want to establish what he looks like. Sure. Okay. And uh, something like this where it's the annual, it's polybagged, it's 64 pages with a trading card. You're trying to get new readers to pick it up too. Like, um, so not everyone reading Wonder Man would be familiar with Beast. So a lot of comics fans knew who Beast was, but there's always that chance that this is someone's first exposure. It could be a kid, and this is their first comic. Yeah, and that's and they might just buy the annuals because it's summertime. Yeah, the annuals almost all came out in summertime because the readership was bigger because school was out. Oh, oh, that makes sense with the movie ads where they're all sort of like superhero-ish, like those summer flicks it's a summer blockbusters that they're really pushing super mario brothers yeah with the boots <laughs> and the dinosaurs <laughs> iconic so uh, beast and wonder man are they go to the hospital because they want to visit um orlando sinclair that it's hit maker's name and uh, rightly the staff is like i don't know like were you just in a fight? Like, we just saw that news that you saw where you were in a fight with him. And even though Wonder Man said, I'm bringing this kid to the hospital, the news had sort of spun it in a way of like, he's unhinged, but in this moment of clarity, he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, that was a interesting turnabout well, brought, for narrative to try and build in, like, his actions and everything. Yeah, they, got, they brought in guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah two other people are... <laughs> Yeah, two other people are there to visit Orlando as well. And 
they did bring in guns, a sawed-off shotgun. And they're like, what are you doing? And the guy who brought it in said, you can call the cops, but what are they going to do? Like, I brought in a concealed weapon. I'll be out on bail within two hours. And I'm going to have a hearing in three months for a $500 fine. Like, no biggie. Go ahead. Call them. And I threw in uh, that he wore a A's shirt because they wanted, again, one of my ideas is to add something that's real mm-hmm. every um, a while. So like real backgrounds or real shirts that people wear, real costumes that were conceivable. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, one thing I hated is sometimes in the X-Men comics, they would have giant spikes on their shoulders. So that means if they lifted their arms, their head would be poked off <laughs> so uh, that's not practical yeah so, like, i always was trying to make sure that uh, things were practical things reflected the city they were in things like that yeah and that's it's awesome and it's realistic that in la someone's a fan of the oakland days so yeah. that's awesome and the what you're saying too like there's so many characters and outfits in these annuals and i'm like they have gigantic records on their wrists like that go out several inches how can they pick anything up yeah that's right like they just have big discs <laughs> like you can't actually do anything yes yeah, actually um, man and beast have fairly simple costumes yeah so they're um, definitely flexible it is and uh, i mean a tank top for wonder man has made sense for decades yes at yeah. this point also uh where Beast and uh, Wonder Man are hitting the two gangsters. Mm-hmm. Back then, we had to use color holds. So I would draw uh, this holding square with a red marker. And so that oh. meant here there was no line. So they would fill it with color. Um, once I moved on to Malibu to do Deep Space Nine, their computers could take care of that. Oh, but interesting. Before oh. that, they could do that. And we're coming up on, I actually bought a page from you from this annual. It's going to be page 22. And you can see the red line on Hitmaker's face because that mask that he has right. isn't defined by a line. It's coloring. So we can see your red line going across his face where you're indicating this is colored differently. Right. Yeah. They chose to do it yellow, but I I intended on it being red. Yeah. I but, didn't realize that that page is literally five feet from us. <laughs> yes, it's right there on the wall. So um, Simon goes in and sees Orlando and he's like, Sinclair, get up. And Orlando said, I can't. And he really can't because he's a quadriplegic. We yeah. find out he cannot use his limbs. And Wonder Man pushes him out of bed, basically. Yeah. And the orderlies come in and they're like what are you doing you're this man is injured and you threw him on the ground and he said that he can't stand like what's going on and but he we don't have time for a backstory because there's a bam mm-hmm. and just a thin panel of wonder man's face and someone is running away with the smoking gun and beast's head is also smoking what's that yeah, it's a close call. Like it went right between his oh. tops. Like it went right there. Got it. And um, 
So uh, Wonder Man checking up on Beast because he took care of the thugs in the hallway all by himself um, yes. because he's the the bounding blue beast. Yes. Um, and he bounds after them. Yep. And at the same time, Hitmaker has pulled on his armor. Well, I think the orderlies help because they're in the background. Yes. So they gave him some assistance. So he is fully powered up. And, and punches Simon across the face. And the camera crew is there. Um, Hitmaker is nothing if not a, di a diligent planner <laughs> for his reality show. Um, and then Simon's like, I see that. No, I'm not engaging in this. I see it, what you're trying to do. And Hitmaker's like, all right, well, we can use you walking away from a fight, too. That footage is good, too. So... He gets a fun, like, leaping from a window action shot. And I like how it's at a different angle from the other panel. So you can tell that it's from that camera of, like, this is the money shot. Yep. And he checks in on the camera crew to be like, hey, did you get that? And Wonder Man just, his <laughs> arm comes down from above and zooms him out the it's window. It's a fun panel because Hitmaker is talking to the camera crew and you just see the hand coming in <laughs> from the corner of the window to grab him. And all of a sudden, Hitmaker's yanked out. A whoosh and a thoom. And uh, they do a battle. This is the page that I have right here on the living room wall. Um, where it's a fun battle scene. And uh, we're getting a lot of uh, callbacks from Fabian with his boxes saying, hey. This th happened in this. Like yes, reference this issue or this happened <laughs> in recent issues of Wonder Man. Because I think... Simon is referencing some of the armor. Like, I've seen this before. Where did you get this? And then we get into... His origin. Yep. So, um, with all these characters we've seen throughout that, um, part of the story is always going to be the origin. Because you're introducing a new character, you need to give a little context to where they came from. So... It's interspersed here with, you know, I I got an opening and with this new suit, like I, all these people that ignored me when I was trying to go in for a gig, like I had, I couldn't afford all the fancy lessons. I tried to get by with just talent and they didn't even give me the time of day, but I showed up with this suit to lift a car and all of a sudden the producer whose assistant wouldn't even return my calls is then asking me to do all these things and be yeah, in these shots. Again, uh, there's some things that, because it was only a plot, like I did the thing with the two heads. So one was Wonder Woman, one Wonder Man, and one is a hit maker. I guess I just did that. It works really well. Yeah. Because I knew they were talking to each other and they had a couple things to say. And it's like, well, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, the split panel. Mm-hmm. And him lifting the, I think they just had him lifting a car, and I made it a Jeep, because that was same very L.A. when I went there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, those big motor pads are coming in handy, like the H&M is very prominent, like he would want for his branding. True. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the fight scene that you have, I, I think I just made that up, too. I think often with Marvel, they would just say, uh, they can fight. They fight for you know a page or two or three pages. Make it interesting, and so that's what I would do. I sort of okay. liked that method at that time. Now I, 
know, I have no idea, but back then I kind of liked it. And it works like the way that people are punching their chests are showing. So Wonder Man's full W is in plain sight on the next page when he's powing Wonder Man in the face, Hitmaker's shoulder pads and little H on mm-hmm. his chest are very prominent. Um, yeah. So yeah, all that. Product. I put those little gold on his toes too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's the uh, the John Leguizamo. I saw him somewhere with the gold on the top on his uh, toes. I thought, oh, oh. that's fun. So uh, at the end of this fight, they realize that they should probably work together. Yeah, yeah. because they uh, they know where the gang is going to go, and that the armor. It's from unscrupulous sources. Yeah. Like the people who provided it are highly problematic. And on the way. So then they go to Paramount. With the gates to meet Beast. Yep. And Beast, I mean, then he starts the fight up over again. (laughs) Simon's like, no, 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 no. He's our friend now. Don't do that. I I like the Lord help me. (laughs) Don't. We're on all on the same side. And actually, I think I just drew Paramount, so they wrote in the dialogue that we'll meet at Paramount. Oh, okay. Uh, when we were on our trip, I think I just took pictures of the gates. Sure. Reference. And for some the, next, the next page has lots of color holds. All those things are color holds. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The anchor did a nice job. Yeah, the flag, the stars. The green box behind the heroes as they're moving as Hitmaker's giving his exposition and origin story. Yeah. Star athlete, like trying to make it out of the rougher part of town, like a good worker, but there were no jobs, like had talent, but no one would hire him. Yep. His brother joined a gang and that was his way out. And it was very lucrative for the brother, but he didn't want that. And so he was stuck trying to make give his star all the luster and the shine and due to his brother's action someone wanted revenge they couldn't find the brother but they found him on a bus stop waiting to go to an audition and that's where he got the bullet in the spine that paralyzed him origin in a nutshell yeah that that, that's a very concise (laughs) origin story not too i'm different enough from wild streak where as revenge for her father getting out of the evil business. Mm. They sabotaged her and then she lost the power of her legs, but then she got it back through special armor. Yes, from the Fantastic Four annual from this year. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you guys have been reviewing those. I don't I don't remember all of them very well. I, although at the time I think I read them all. But I yeah. just it's 30 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And some of them are blurring together even for us. Yeah. But, but we, we liked her, so she house. stood out. I remember that. Uh, and then we come out of the origin story to a battle. To- I, I really like how action-centered, to your point, Gordon, this issue is. They fight each other at one point, they calm down, they fight each other again, they calm down, and they show up to another fight. Yeah. And I think that's much more the time that, uh, uh, that again, modern comics are different. They often have a huge group of people and they just talk. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bendis is 
famous for that. <laughs> they just talk. <laughs> uh, but uh, back then, you had to do some action. You know, you had to keep the story going all the time. Mm-hmm. So there would always be action beats. So there's plenty of time for Beast to make jokes and some, you know, the origin of the villain. Or not really a villain, but... Mm. Yeah, What's kind of funny is uh, they named the brother after uh, Fabian's brother. <laughs> oh, really? His name is Mariano. So it's like, it, okay. <laughs> and I think it, Mariano was involved in comics too, wasn't he? Yes, I still work with him. Oh, there we go. Nice. He's uh, He does some work at Dynamite, you know, and Apex. So. Oh. He's a very fantastic. nice man. I did a, uh, what are they called? <laughs> the, uh, they're warriors. I can't remember. They like look like manga characters. Oh. Do you know what I mean? For some reason I can't remember. I only drew one issue of it. With that iconic art style of, that manga has. And... True. Yeah, you know. Jeez, uh, I really just can't think of the name. Yeah, they're, it'll come to you. It'll boom. probably they're at boom all the time. Oh, okay. And there are four of them: red and yellow and green and blue. I think it'll oh. come to you probably after we stop recording. Um, so, like either five minutes or two hours later, it's nothing true. in between. Yeah. Um, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Oh, that's right. They do have comic books now. For... They do. Marvel had the license for a short time, and he assigned me a story, and I think it only got printed overseas. Oh, oh. that's too so bad. I've never, never seen the comic. But it was kind of fun to do, but I didn't know much about the characters. So mm. One of those. For our generation, they were sort of like fixtures of our, like the Fox Kids lineup of shows was sort of anchored by power rangers and after one or two seasons something catastrophic would happen and then there'd be like a new set of power rangers with a new power source that's and true. like they there's been so many different kinds of power rangers yeah it's one of those franchises that is really good at reinventing itself with different concepts over time yeah like going from the original dinosaurs to i think ninjas and then they had like totem animals sort of and then at one point i think when we were in fifth or sixth grade they were in space oh well good for them yeah all i remember is rita repulsa was in it oh yeah rita repulsa what a queen yeah an icon <laughs> very much she would be challenging to a, yeah she'd be a good uh, drag queen uh character yes absolutely <laughs> just popping out of that uh Hype or whatever yeah. that you got stuck on in the moon. <laughs> it's like, hello. Girl. So, <laughs> so uh, the the heroes crash through some yes. walls as they do. Um, and it's a really good use of the pre-existing hole in the wall for them to get attacked through as well. So why would you need to create another opening when there's one right there? You just collapse the whole house. Yep. So they are new bad guys with their unique suits. Yes, but this is the suit from the previous issue, so you can see how I'm on. So these are the original suits. Hitmaker got a souped-up version. Yeah, I'm guessing guessing Jeff Johnson designed them. Hmm. 
those big eyes that are slightly insectoid and the um they missed like one uh, ink mine there i can see that <laughs> so this chest should be bigger oh which one oh the lead uh ravager or whatever oh oh <laughs> can you see where the line should be oh yes is a straight tube it's right there oh in the background <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he dismissed it. Uh, well, he gets uh, uh, rectified in the following page, though. He's fully there. He's fully there. They it has a different power. It removes yeah. rip. <laughs> <laughs> um, they grab Mariano and they fly out of there. And um, Simon tries to go after them, but he's grabbed. Uh, by Hitmaker and with the big frack lands in the debris. And it's like, I could have chased them, but now I can't. They've got too big a lead. And Hitmaker's like, I'm the only one that can go after my brother. Yeah. No one else is going to take that from me. But besides, there's a camera crew here. We can turn this into a win for both of us. And so, sort of like two people feuding in a wrestling match i feel like and they get thrown into a tag match together and they win like they both have their arms raised at the end and beast is basically just going oy vey like <laughs> i love la yeah yeah um so hitmaker wonder man both get good press coming out of this um i'm sure that beast will have some jokes off panel when he and wonder man go and hang out after this and uh, it, it sort of wraps up and they did have the iconic beast speech like a lot of alliteration mm -hmm. yes. pusillanimous i think as in one he of says, his dialogues. yeah he says a lot of things like that i'm going to show you the uh other cover then this one. keep chatting <laughs> a different cover concept so yes, um, yes. You usually do that with, uh, you usually hand in two or three cover concepts. Mm. And I remember we were pretty close with this one. Oh. And they just said, um, which is a, not a bad cover. No. But I actually think the other one came off better as a design. And here's this next version. Oh. So still like space for the title, the the action shot with Hitmaker, mm -hmm. and then but the, Hollywood in it, but no fist. Uh, oh, so that's why this one is the one that ended up because mm. they didn't need to say Hollywood. We all know he's in Hollywood, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the first and only appearance of Hitmaker. Oh, no, here's they, our, that's for the card. That's the one that comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the trading card. Nice. And I think I had to do two versions of the card because I think it's one way of crouching, too. Mm. So, um, and that one, I can't remember if I actually ended up drawing it or not. Yeah, one with him crouching. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they still would have given him the little gold toes on his boots then. Yeah, because you can see the whole body. Something I did notice that they missed on the card, though, when they were coloring it, they did not put the mask on. No, I drew it. I can see the lines for it. Yeah, and it's not present oh. on the card. No, well, 
probably a different colorist. Yes. Um, I'm glad that they did not dig out Hitmaker for the Civil War crossover, where we have seen several of these characters utilized, because in Civil War you needed all hands on deck in terms of characters, so you could have oh. that on either side. And some of those characters got dug up and unceremoniously killed off in the mm. Civil War event um, or brought up and put in like really odd situations and storylines where they just needed a plug and play character. So they're like, here's this character off the shelf. We need someone to do X. So and it's going to be it's going to be this person. So sort of like the, first, the second Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> a lot of characters and many of them die in two minutes exactly um or even in i think it's deadpool 2 where they bring in some of those characters and oh, Brad Pitt, like, right? and you're like oh we're seeing these characters and then they like fall onto power lines yeah um so i'm glad that hitmaker is still in a corner of the marvel universe and is able to be utilized again yeah. Um, just sort of this is the first and only appearance 30 yeah. quick pages that you get the background and there's potential and honestly the mix uh, I, I was impressed with the writing of the character and the portrayal in terms of uh, um, the advent of reality tv but also social media this would be an easy character to bring oh. into the modern age where yeah. he's an influencer or something like that the biggest problem is the writer, who I think is very talented, had legal problems. Yeah. So, because uh, uh, I would think, well, they'll probably reprint these as one of those paperbacks, but I wonder if they feel squirrely about that. Yeah, so, I don't, I'm not he, sure. He's out of prison now, but I mean, it's possible that people are touchy about that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, it really depends. I, we're Marvel Unlimited subscribers, and Marvel Unlimited is basically, a, it's very smart on Marvel's part that the digital issues available are those that they have scanned in and touched up and remastered for print editions. So if they're doing an omnibus or a trade paperback, right. they utilize the digital work they're already doing and put it on a digital subscription service. It's fairly brilliant double dipping from a business standpoint um so a lot of like the x ones are available on marvel unlimited or avengers probably yes um and some of them are just not so it's more like string cheese or swiss cheese like with i think alpha flight there's bits and pieces so yeah generation x so it you find a lot of the tales especially like we're gaining more appreciation for the comics from the early to mid 90s where we're seeing more and more of those get included in compilations mm. um uh like they just recently added it, to go back to the 80s a bunch of dazzler because they're preparing obviously a dazzler volume to come out mm. so right. um I, and i think same thing might happen with Silver Sable. If Sony actually makes a Sable movie, they'll probably yeah. close up because those that's like one or two paperbacks right there. That'd probably be a nice little collection. Yeah. And um, just like Wonder Man, Silver Sable was 35 issues. So that's two paperbacks, basically, that they yeah. could put out two to three. 
So you have uh, they Silver Hayball, you know, had uh, some follow up miniseries and stuff and stories, so they can toss those in if they need to. Yeah, and there was that crossover event um, between Silver Sable Cage. Oh, what was the third title? Yeah, and I think the same with Wonder Man that since he had the uh, miniseries, the, the one I think of is the one with uh, Beast. I think maybe Mark Bagley drew it. I think it's three issues. I have it around here somewhere. Yeah, and you just toss that in to fill it out. That's two paperbacks. And they just reprinted those issues in the last six months and released them on New Comic Day. Like, they're like, here you go. Yeah, like they did uh, Cage, because I drew one issue of that. And that's in a paperback, because they had that, uh, what, Netflix show? Netflix yeah. show, yep. And so... Oh. Yeah, and it was more like the comic we did than the earlier Sweet Christmas comic. Yes. Oh. More gritty, yeah. had a fairly normal clothes on. Yeah. So, yeah. It was kind of it, yeah. Why don't we cover the backups real quick? Because, Gordon, you weren't involved in them, but we read them. So we'll describe them. I think they're fairly simple for us to describe to the listeners um there's one where neither wonder man nor hitmaker show up at all there's someone named splice splice and he is making snuff films um and selling them on the black market what is a snuff film it's where people actually die oh no so um he he is murdering people he's murdering reviewers who gave other films bad reviews yes it's so he's working for these movie moguls killing people yep and then he leaves them with the warning like i don't need to count my money because no one shorts me twice and apparently they did and then he ended up killing all the other people yeah this is splice was in the regular wonder man comic at some point okay so he, it's not like just an empty character he was in there somewhere in one issue i think so there's a whole gaggle of hollywood villains like that are some version of movie stars the west coast was hopping in marvel comics <laughs> in the 80s and 90s i guess so. um and this is somewhat early work by dan slot yeah uh, he, he was somebody i mean we all went to dinner once he's a great guy nice. super fun and so is steve jones he's a very nice man too uh, the artist i should say mm. And um, the second backup is Return of the Living Colossus. And this is where we see Simon again. This is a fun, I thought this was super fun. Because the, it, the Living Colossus, is an old Marvel horror character. Yeah. Oh. It was like from the 50s. Oh, yep. oh because there's a, a footnote in here for like Marvel Tales or one of those yep. um, issues that's being referenced. And I just like how it's a recreation and it costs so much money to create this <laughs> version of the Living Colossus that when it starts to be controlled by someone else, Simon can't just destroy it. He needs to find some nonviolent way of stopping. Because they're on a movie set. They built this thing to be a big bad monster in the movie that Simon is... A mediocre actor. Yes, in. and he's like, what? Mediocre actor? What how, do you call me? How dare you? Yeah. So why he, why is a man bun in it for a little while? I guess those are hot in the nineties. <laughs> I guess 
And then as soon as he's in his superhero costume, the man bun is gone. Yeah, he oh, lets yeah. his he literally lets his hair down. And you can tell it's Simon because he has the red eyes. Right. He I mean does look decent with some stubble. And he keeps the stubble at least once he transitions into his Wonder Man outfit. And we see the callback to the person who had the original living Colossus and controlled it. And he said, Well, I I have the helmet, but I I, I went into a coma when I controlled it before. Like I, I don't want that to happen again. And he eventually does because his wife is an actress on the movie and gets picked up by Living Colossus. Right, but we're not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, they are shooting, obviously, on a Batman set. Yeah, yeah. so in Wonder Man's attempts to slow it down because it's being controlled by a rival set creator. And he's like, I lost out on this bid. I'm so mad. I'm going to make this other one's I'm going to take control, do evil things with that, so they'll have to drop that contract and then give me the lucrative contract. And Wonder Man, like, tries to stop a foot and gets kicked. He tries to tie it up with wire, and the wire breaks. And this thing is sort of, like, crashing him into all these other movies that are being shot at the same time. There's a Home Alone reference of Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Which was hilarious. And one- another set, yeah. And he's like, this is my set, and like just goes off on a tirade. And Wonder Man is like taking a breather <laughs> after being thrown through a wall. He's like, clearly, he's a creepier guy than Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously it's Michael Keaton. I don't know if the woman is supposed to be somebody particular. Oh, yes. In so the next movie that he goes crashing into is Ratman, which is <laughs> basically Batman. <laughs> Um, with Michael Keaton, and I forget, who, oh, there are going to be listeners out there like screaming at their speakers right now. I forget who plays Vicky Vale in Batman. It's, I, they say first Vicky, now you. This, so this must be a, oh, but the second one wasn't that, was there a girlfriend besides Michelle Pfeiffer? I don't think so. In Batman Returns, I haven't yeah. seen. I haven't seen that's my guess because of course that movie came out 89 yeah so the returns probably came a few years later so it's like probably, 91 92 so this yeah. probably refers to that one but so, i don't uh i remember catwoman so the real villain is not the living colossus it's this rival guy um who and makes the living colossus smash the original control so the person who created it cannot regain control except the original creator has their helmet and it works they he sends a feedback loop through and stuns the guy in the car and gets control and doesn't fall into a coma he's very excited and his wife after being let down from the gigantic hand is like bob you did it (laughs) i what a supportive couple that is and uh, um wonder man flies out catches the guy in another jeep um because it is la so it's a jeep and um, And due to one year later where that guy's in jail and his cellmate's like are you gonna watch this movie with us it's about the living colossus and it's like no (laughs) i'll i'll pass it sucks (laughs) so yeah it did for meteor man that huge hit (laughs) 
Marvel actually adapted it. I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even Dark know. Remember, I didn't know that there was a Dark Man comic. Yeah, mm. Kurt Busiek wrote it. And I mean, the bigger news for it, probably everyone in the current day is Spider Man 2099, <laughs> uh, the, the ad that closes out the issue. So it's sort of that was like, a good comic. That was a really good comic. Oh, I really I have, I have the omnibus I need to crack into. Oh, it's yeah. The, like the first artist is really great, Leonardi. Really mm. great. I feel like at the time that this comic came out, like 2099 would have been like over 100 years in the future. And <laughs> yes, it's not that far. I know now we're in 2023, and it's like, ooh. Well, the the oceans aren't boiling yet, so must some things must have worked out. Yeah. Oh, I right. think the Doctor Doom comic was good too. I don't remember everything. I remember reading the X Men one, and then after that, I don't remember what else. They have Iron Man, I think. There was Ravager twenty ninety nine that I have heard poor reviews of. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I read that one. But Dr. Doom was very nicely drawn. I think it was Pat Broderick or somebody. But yeah, I've a- heard really good things from our friends at the Avenging Hour oh, about yeah. Doom 2099. That yeah. it's a very good series to read. Nice. And the X-Men one, I think it may have been Ron Lim drawing it. It was pretty good. Uh, you know, but there's just a lot more characters to keep track of. So. Exactly. More mutants. Yes. Yeah. Mutants. mutants in the future. Yeah, slightly different power sets, but still bear resemblances to other folks. And I can't remember if Wolverine was still around. He could have been. In one of the recent ones, I think with Marauders, they brought people back from that team, and there was and Rogue was still there, and her powers had evolved. So instead of touching someone, she could remember them, and then she could activate that person's powers based on that memory. Hmm. And that's did she just remember Grandpa and her cookies? Oh, Grandma. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, Gordon, as we close out this episode, um, if people want to find your work, what do you suggest? Where do they find it? What are you up to? Well, of course, lots of stuff in long boxes. Um, right now, I'm drawing Lady Arcane for uh, Heroic. I have been drawing Black Enchantress, so there are a few issues of that out. I've drawn Flare for them a lot. I'm also drawing, geez, what else am I drawing? Oh, uh, La Rosa Blanca, which is from uh, American Mythology. And that should be out. I have about six pages left of that. So that should be out near the end of the year. Nice. Uh, Lady Arcane probably be a little later than that. there's a lot of other things I do. I do things for gamings and stuff like that. So that's uh, takes up some space. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to do what is it, Army of Darkness trading cards. I did Red Sonia ones recently. So I do some cards. That's for Dynamite. You know, whatever yeah. job is up. <laughs> yeah. And um, we've had the pleasure of meeting you in real life too. Yeah. At different- uh, mini cons yeah so um if folks are listening and they're in the minnesota area you can um obviously follow gordon on um facebook i know the there's a facebook group minnesota comic exchange 
um, sure. that will share your posts as well. So if you post on your Facebook, hey, I'm going to be here, it's typically yeah, shared. I'm doing, a, that. I'm doing a con for them, I know. Uh, I think that's in October. Then I'm doing one, I think, in Rochester. All right. Nice. And then uh, uh, whenever Marvels comes out, assuming it comes out, I'll do a signing at Willow Creek in Plymouth, a theater for the opening night. Great. Oh, nice. I'm a print for almost all the recent movies, you know, like Guardians and uh, Flash, and, you know, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, pretty much yep. all the Marvel movies. So um, you get a, little, a nice print with the logo on it and stuff like that. It's in color, $10. It's really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we've seen those going to local shows too to yeah. see your, the pencils that you do for them before they're translated into the print. Right. Um, Some of the prints oh, yeah. have sold out like Avengers and Spider-Man, but the rest of them are. They usually have some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, and I am always... A, uh, recommending that people if they are star trek fans to check out your um uh, I, with ds9 yeah the volumes of work that you have done with star trek uh yeah i've done uh extensively ds9 the original series their movie series and uh, next gen i've drawn a voyage once yeah and, uh, as Philip can attest, when we go to a comic store and I'm going through and looking at Star Trek comics, I'm like, hey, it's a Gordon. And I just pull it out and goes right into the stack that I'm buying. So And the stack grows. <laughs> and, and the stack grows. Yeah, and those are very popular, too. We had really good sales on them. So uh, it's different now. Now that those sales would be uh, extra, <laughs> probably in the top 10 now. But back then, there were lots more comics and lots more things going on. However, the Deep Space Nine one that I did is probably the best-selling Star Trek title ever. Oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine. There, there were some variant covers, but of course that happens all the time now. True, but uh, I think because of that, there is a X-Men crossover that probably close, but I think this might have sold more. And I think at that time we were on the charts maybe in the 20s oh nice so there are that many comics selling that much yeah much. so you know that's the way that's the way things have changed a little in the market there's a lot more knowledge about comics because of the movies and tv shows but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. they're comic stores it's true well, thank you so much, Gordon, for joining us. Um, it's been wonderful getting the creative perspective on one of these annuals. Absolutely. And super useful. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me. We'll yeah. See yes, we will see you around. And listeners, make sure to check back next week. We'll have a brand new episode. At X Factor Files Podcast. See you later. Bye.